My name is Rick Renner, and I'm still in the Herodian, a colossal structure built on top of an artificial hill just outside the city of Jerusalem. And this site was built by King Herod to be his future burial site. He was called Herod the Great. Even during his life, he was called Herod the Great. You know, most people are memorialized as being great after they die, but not Herod. Herod was called great even while he was alive. And he was known for doing great things, like building Masada. That was a massive undertaking. Who would have thought that it would have been possible? Or how about expanding the grounds of the temple? It is the size of 12 soccer fields or the palaces which he constructed all over Judea, or how about this location, the Herodian, an artificial hill so large, you can see it all the way from the city of Jerusalem. He wanted people to remember him because he was Herod the Great. And not only was he a great builder and did great feats, he was known for having a great temper. The Bible tells us about this in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 in the Christmas story. Listen to what it says. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, there he is. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. Now listen to verse 3. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. The reason he was troubled is because he perceived that if a Messiah had been born, this would be a rival for his authority. And Herod didn't like rivals. In fact, three of his own sons, he thought, would attempt to become king, so he had them killed. He even had one of his wives killed. He was a killer. He was a murderer. He eliminated all competition. So when he heard that a Messiah had potentially been born, whom the men from the east called king of the Jews, he was very troubled. And the reason verse 3 says all of Jerusalem with him is because they all knew the rumor of a new king would mean Herod was going to start killing people again. So Herod began to inquire of the local theologians where the Messiah should be born, and they said in Bethlehem. So Herod said to the wise men, go to Bethlehem, find the child, and when you found him, bring me word so I also can come and worship him. The truth is, he wanted to kill Jesus. The wise men went, and the Bible tells us after they found Jesus, they were warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, and they departed unto their own country another way. Now listen to the reaction to this in verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly angry and sent forth and killed all the children that were in Bethlehem. Shouldn't really surprise us. He killed his own sons. In fact, Augustus said it was better to be one of Herod's pigs than to be one of his sons because he had killed his own sons. And now in the same manner, because he didn't know exactly who the Christ child was, he said, just kill all the babies in Bethlehem and then we'll be sure to kill him among all of them. And he slew all the babies in Bethlehem. It was called the killing of the innocents. What a horrible event. This is Herod that we read about in Matthew chapter two, and this was his burial spot. And today, I'm gonna to talk to you about the Christmas story. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick.
Welcome to today's program. I'm back along with Mr. Joel Renner. Hi, Dad. It's good to be with you. Hey, son, I'm glad you're with me as today we're going to continue looking at the Christmas story. This has been such a good time together. It has, and there are so many nuggets you've pulled out of the Bible for us. Well, Thank I think you. that's my job. Thank you. It's been very enjoyable. The Bible says in Proverbs 10, 21, the lips of the righteous feed many. And I believe it's my job to dig in there, find truth, and feed it to people, teaching that they can trust. And by the way, when you become a partner with our ministry, that's what you help us do. You help us take teaching that people can trust to people that are really just craving the Word of God. You know, there are people who go to churches and they really don't get good Bible teaching. They're looking for somebody to feed them the Word of God. I don't want to be their pastor, but I want to be their teacher. I want to feed them the Word of God. And when you become a partner with our ministry, you help us take the Word of God to people in your country, in your state, and around the world that are just crying out for somebody to teach from the Bible. I think about Russia, where we are bringing the Word of God across 11 time zones. Across the globe. It is amazing. And all of Europe is listening to our program. The Middle East is listening to our program. And our partners are helping us to do this. And I want to say thank you so much. Partners, thank you so much for what you do. And if you're not a partner, please pray about joining us a partner. Just go online or call us. And you can become a partner with us today, a partner, somebody who gives financially to help us do this job. And by the way, today we're offering you my series called Christmas, the Rest of the Story. What a great series. And it comes with a study guide that is just loaded. You know, we had a family tradition, still have it, that we sat around the Christmas tree every Christmas when our kids were little. And before we would open a single gift, Joel, what would we do? Oh, we would read the Christmas story. And you wouldn't just read the Christmas story. You would ask us questions, and you would tell us what the answers were, and it was a lot of fun. We really took our time. I would say, okay, who were the Magi? They would answer. Why was King Herod upset? They would answer. How old was Jesus when the Magi came? They would answer. I mean, it was really fun. And today, we're watching all the Renner grandchildren do it. It's a blast. It is a blast. Every year, it's a blast. And we always tell our kids and our grandkids, you know what? Gifts are number two. First of all, we're here to celebrate Jesus. You need to form a Christmas tradition for your own family. Maybe you could do something like that. And if you had a good study guide, it would help you to do it. We're also offering you my book, Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one and number two. These are just loaded. It's a great way for you to start your new year. You can begin every day going through the New Testament with me as I unlock treasures for you. Or maybe it's a good gift for you to give to somebody else. Anyway, I want you to really think about that. This would be a good thing for you to do. But you have your Bible? Have it right here. All right. Now today we're going to talk about Herod. Herod. And in the next program, we're going to be looking at what was the value of the Magi's gifts. Ooh. I think you're going to be very shocked when you hear the answer. The Magi's brought amazing gifts. When I was a kid, we sang that song, We Three Kings from Orient Are. Bearing gifts, we travel afar. And we usually had three men walk into the church auditorium while we were singing. And each of them were bearing their gifts for little baby Jesus. And of course, they were just little gifts filled with little treasures because they were bringing them for a little baby. That's really what we had in our mind. And we didn't get it from the Bible. We got it from greeting cards. That's what most Christmas cards showed. Three lonely kings 
carrying little boxes for little baby Jesus in a little tiny manger, in a little tiny stable, and the shepherds were all there. The picture is totally confused. But the greeting card painters had to put it all on one card so they confused the story. And people base what they believe on greeting cards, not on the Bible. The Bible paints a totally different picture. When those wise men came, magi, they brought remarkable gifts. And we're going to see that in the next program. And what was the value of the gifts? You're going to be shocked. But today, let's go back to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. We're going to find out why Herod and all Jerusalem was so upset. Let's see what we find beginning in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, there's Herod again. Joel, we've seen he was quite a character. He's all over this story. He is very principal in this story. It's really important because everything the Bible tells us about Herod, it is historically accurate. But they came in the days of Herod the king. The Bible says, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. We're going to look at that word wise men again in just a moment. Look at verse 2. Saying, Where is he that's born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Verse 3. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. That's going to be our focus today. Herod was troubled and all Jerusalem was troubled with him. Verse 4. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Verse 5. And he said unto them, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, verse 6, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel, verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, there's that word wise men again, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Why did he do that? We're going to find out. Look at verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Verse 9. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over the place where the young child was. Verse 10. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Verse 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, not little boxes, treasures, they presented unto him what? Gifts. Gifts, it's plural. Gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Verse 12. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. But let's go back to verse 1. And today we're going to cover very important things about why Herod and all Jerusalem was troubled. Verse 1, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. As I told you in the last program, this word behold is a Greek word edu. It carries the idea of bewilderment, shock, amazement, or wonder. This is Matthew's own personal expression as he's writing this story. He is still stunned by this. It was amazing. 
that wise men would come from the east. Wise men is the Greek word magos. Here it's magoi, it's plural. That describes a median group of priests and astrologers strongly influenced by Daniel who were so powerful they were considered to be king makers and in fact they were more powerful than kings themselves. They were so powerful with one word they could install a king and with one word they could depose a king. They were very powerful. Later on, we know there were a group of magi who came to see Nero. And when they came to Rome, he was terrified. Even Nero, who slaughtered people, butchered people, he was a dictator. When magi showed up, Nero trembled because he knew these were powerful people who with a single word could install an emperor, depose an emperor, these were powerful, powerful men, and again, they were kingmakers in the ancient world, strongly influenced by Daniel. And they had held on to the prophecies of Daniel that one day a world leader would be born, and they believed now was the moment because his star had appeared to them when they were in the east. And now they've been traveling from the east to Jerusalem because they've come to see this world leader whom they believe has been born. And the Bible tells us that as they came into the city, they were saying, the Greek actually says saying and saying and saying. I can just see them on top of their camels or whatever they were riding, coming into the city, saying to people as they walked into the city, does anybody know where he is? We've seen his star in the east. They were saying and saying and saying to everyone as they entered the city, where is he born king of the Jews? The word king, the Greek word basileus, but it has a capital K, this is not just a low-level king. This is the king, the greatest king of all, the emperor of emperors, the king of kings. And that's what Daniel had prophesied. That's what they believed that they were coming to find. Where is he born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star while we were in the east, and now we've come to worship him. Worship him, the Greek word proskune. I'm going to read directly from my notes. It literally means to kiss the ground, when prostrating before a superior, to fall down and prostrate oneself or to adore on one's knees, to worship with all the necessary physical gestures of worship. It is absolute worship. And in fact, this word proskuneo really describes a kissing ground where you bow on the ground to blow kisses, to adore and to worship someone else. They have come to worship the one born king of the Jews. This is the long awaited world leader whom they know has finally been born. And the Bible tells us in verse 3, when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. That word troubled is the word terasso. It's a word that's very familiar to the New Testament. It's a very frequently used word and it means to be agitated, to be really shaken up, or to be deeply troubled. An emotional upheaval from getting upset about something, to disquiet, to make restless, an inner commotion that causes you to be all stirred up and just to make a mess of things. So when the Bible says Herod was troubled, he was deeply, deeply troubled. He was restless. He felt an inner commotion. And as a result of what he began to feel, he began to upset the whole city of Jerusalem. And that's why the Bible says, and all Jerusalem with him. The word all is a Greek word, pasa. It means literally all of Jerusalem. It is a picture of totality. All of Jerusalem, the whole of Jerusalem, every single part of Jerusalem, they were all upset. And the real reason they were upset 
is because every time Herod heard there was a competitor or a rival king or that a Messiah had been born, he started killing people. He killed his own wife because he thought she had a conspiracy to take the throne. He killed his brother-in-law for the same reason. He killed three of his sons for the own reason. So when all of Jerusalem heard these kings saying, where's he born king of the Jews? They all begin to say, ay, 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 he's going to start killing people again. All of Jerusalem was torn up over this. And the Bible tells us in verse 4, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. This word demanded, the Greek word punthunomai, means he inquired, he asked, he investigated. It's a very intense inquiry. He literally said, tell me. I want you to tell me. I want to know exactly where. I'm insisting, answer me, tell me. I want to know where the Christ is going to be born. He wanted to pinpoint the very place where he could find this Christ child that the Magi have come to worship. Chapter 2, verse 5. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, verse 6, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privily called the Magi, that's really what the Greek says, when he called these kingmakers, it's interesting, the Bible calls them wise men. These were brilliant, brilliant people. They didn't make mistakes. When he called the wise men, the Magi, the kingmakers that had come to town, he inquired of them diligently. Inquired of them diligently means to ask for an extremely accurate answer. Very accurate. He was asking down to the finest detail. He was asking for a factually precise answer. Exact information with the highest level of accuracy. It describes a probing investigation. Tell me exactly. I want to know exactly accurately, factually correct. Can you tell me exactly what time the star appeared? What time in Greek is the word chronos. It means what time. It's where we get the word for chronology or a timeline. He said, I want to know the timeline. There you were in the east doing your job, studying the constellations when suddenly a star appeared. Now, why did he want to know that? Because he knew that the appearance of the star announced the birth of the Christ child. And if he could figure out when the star appeared, then he could determine how old the child is. So now he's found out the child is supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Now he's trying to add the next piece to the puzzle. Tell me exactly, precisely. I want a factually correct answer. Tell me exactly. A probing investigation. Tell me exactly the chronology. I want to know the timeline. When did the star first appear? He's asking for when did the appearing of the star take place so he can determine, okay, from then until now has been such and such amount of time so he can determine the age of this child trying to help him find this Christ child. Verse 8, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search diligently. The word search, the Greek word exatadzo, which means to make a meticulous search, meticulously search diligently. The word diligently is the same word which describes a probing investigation. Search diligently for the young child and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. But notice he says the young child. Joel, that's very important. Every word in the New Testament is important.
Here the word young child is different than we saw in Luke. Mm. In Luke it was the word brephos, which describes a newborn child. Now we have the word young child, totally different word. This is very important to this story. It's a Greek word paideion. This word paideion is not an infant. Jesus is not an infant anymore. This is the word paideion. A young child actually in training. This would be a young toddler already learning to walk. This is a young child already learning to speak. This is no longer an infant, no longer a newborn. This is a young child. And we find that Herod says, go search diligently for the toddler, for the young child. And when you found him, bring me word that I may come and worship him also. Chapter 2, verse 9. And when they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Young child, again, the Greek word paideian, not the word brephos, which describes a newborn, but a child in training, a toddler. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Well, in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 16, after, after the wise men had departed another way, and Herod felt tricked, he began to kill all the babies that were in Bethlehem. That's what the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. In Matthew chapter 2, 16 says he began to kill all the babies who were, listen to this, two years old and younger. So from the chronology, the timeline that he had received from the Magi, Herod knew the Christ child could have been as old as two years old. Because he couldn't find where the baby was, he just gave the order for all the babies to be killed, hoping that he would kill the Christ child if he killed all the babies that were in Bethlehem. But by that time, Jesus was not in Bethlehem. Jesus was somewhere else. That's what we're going to come cover when we come back in the next program. But we'll be back in just a moment, and we're going to pray for you. Everyone thinks they know the Christmas story. But what you don't know are the fascinating details that only God could have orchestrated. In Rick Renner's 15-part series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the shocking and surprising events that occurred at the time of Jesus' birth. In this series, you'll discover the amazing details that are often overlooked, topics like exactly who Joseph was and why it mattered, what was the star that guided the wise men, and the significance of the gifts the wise men brought to the Christ child. Available in digital or physical format starting at just $24. You'll have a deeper understanding of the meaning and importance of Christmas, the rest of the story. When you call or go online today, you can also get sparkling gems from the Greek volumes 1 and 2. So many Christians live their entire lives skimming the surface of the Word of God. Most never discover the profound truth treasures that lie deep within the text. In Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate, uncompromising life with God. In an easy-to-read devotional format, each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in-depth Greek word studies, revealing the profound wisdom and counsel from the Bible. Get one or both of these valuable resources today. Sparkling Gems 1 for just $40 and Sparkling Gems 2 for only $45. Don't miss this special offer, Christmas, the rest of the story, and the companion books, Sparkling Gems 1 and 2. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Hey, friend, this is Rick Renner, and I want to just take a moment to say thank you for being a partner with our ministry. I am so grateful to you. I mean that from the depths of my heart because of what you do. 
what you do every month. You enable us to take this teaching of the Bible to people that are crying out for it. I realize you may live in a city where it seems like there's a church on every corner, but the rest of the world is not like that. And people are really praying for somebody to bring them answers from the Bible. And when you send your gifts to this ministry, it's like you put fuel in the tank so that we can take the teaching to those who really need it. And I want to read to you from the Great Commission, a promise that Jesus makes just to you. It's made to you. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. You say, well, I'm not really going. Yes, you are. You may not physically be going, but with your gifts. You're enabling the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. There are those who go and there are those who help others to go. That's your part. Right from the privacy of your home, without ever leaving your divan, you're affecting somebody else somewhere else in the world. And to you, Jesus makes a promise. Listen to this in verse 20. Jesus says, if you teach them to observe whatsoever things I have commanded you, lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. And the word lo is Jesus' own exclamation. It is the Greek word edu, which means wow, wow, wow. Jesus says, wow, will I ever be with you? It's a conditional promise. If you go or if you enable others to take the message. Jesus says, because of what you have done, you can expect my power to show up in your life. Jesus says, lo, or the Greek would be better translated, wow, 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 will I ever be with you? You can lay hold of that promise, dear friend. If you're a giver to the work of God, if you're a giver who causes the message of the Bible to go to the ends of the earth so that others can be taught as Jesus commanded us. Lay hold of that verse because Jesus promises his supernatural power to work in your life because you're involved in taking the message to the ends of the earth. So partner, thank you for doing your part and expect the power of God to operate in your life. But thank you from me, thank you from Denise, thank you from our team. We're doing what we do because you do what you do and together we're partners to make a difference. Joel and I have had such a good time opening the Bible with you today as we're studying Christmas, the rest of the story. Did you enjoy this? Oh yes, and it is quite the story. It is wonderful. And we're just getting started. When we come back in the next program, we're going to see what was the value of the Magi's gifts. Don't miss that program. It's going to blow your mind. But if you need prayer, we're here for you, and we would love to pray with you. Contact us, call us, send us an email. And remember that right now we're offering you my series called Christmas the rest of the story. And it comes with a wonderful study guide. We're also offering you my daily devotionals called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one, number two. Order these. It doesn't matter which one you start with, but this would be a great way for you to start a new year or a great gift to give somebody else at this particular season of the year. And I want to remind you also that for anybody that becomes a partner with our ministry, a partner, of course, is somebody who prays for us, but even more, they send their money to help us. We need to have finances to take this program around the world to Russia. My goodness, there are people just wishing they could hear the word of God. 
what you get so freely other people have never heard. And when you support us financially as a partner, you enable us to take this teaching to people that are just wanting to hear the Word of God. And when you become a partner, we immediately send you a gift, Life in the Combat Zone, and Denise's little book, The Gift of Forgiveness. Wow. But thank you for being with me and Joel today. Joel, it's just been so good. Thank you. Thank Let's you. pray for our TV family. We speak a blessing of God on you in the name of Jesus. We pray the Spirit of God will fill you and fill your home in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us. And remember, Ecclesiastes 8, for where the word of a king is, there is power. Thank you.